was about 24 weeks pregnant. I was working out in the gym like a beast. I was like lifting. I was like doing everything. At the end of my workout, I was lifting weights, squatting. I was doing everything, lunges, deadlifting. I was great. The last part of my workout, I was walking on the treadmill on an incline just to like get the rest of my energy out. And uh, I started getting like a cramp and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I ended up going home. I went to work after I had like this weird stomach ache all day. I was like, I think I drank like bad water. Like, I don't know what this is. I ended up leaving my office that day, like hunched over. Like I literally couldn't walk. I called my mom and my husband, hysterical crying. Like, I, I think I'm in labor. Like, I don't, I don't even know what this is. Like I'm in so much pain right now. I thought I was in preterm labor. I don't know. It was very scary. It was unbearable. Um, I got to the hospital. I went to labor and delivery. Like that was scary. That was traumatic. Yeah, like I'm 25 weeks. Like I'm not having this baby. Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you, and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthway Podcast. Welcome to episode 44 of the Happy Birthway Podcast. The next two episodes are going to be Millie Schwecki's birth story. Millie Schwecki is a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic floor disorders, and she's going to be telling us the story of her first birth. Millie and I connected over social media, and it's really funny how you meet certain people that you just vibe with. And Millie is one such person. I can speak to her for hours on end forever. She's also a birth geek like I am. The first part is going to be leading up to her birth. And then the second part is going to be her birth and on. And happy birthday, Millie, because Millie's baby is going to be turning one years old. So this is a great time to release the episode. I hope that you are all doing well and enjoying the transition to summertime. And I ask you, I haven't asked you for a while, but if you can please rate and review the podcast if you have not done so yet. It really means a lot to me and it helps the algorithm get the podcast out to more people. I read every single review and it really touches my heart. And so without further ado, I present to you Millie Schwecki's birth story. I am so excited to have a very honored guest on my show. Her name is Millie Schwecki. She is a licensed physical therapist from Brooklyn, New York. She received her doctorate at Turo in Manhattan and now specializes in treating pelvic floor dysfunction. Millie sees patients with a wide variety of conditions from pregnancy and postpartum pains, bowel and bladder issues to perimenopausal conditions. She's also a certified personal trainer who uses her clinical eye to help expecting and new moms exercise safely and effectively. Millie is passionate about educating women about their health and giving them the tools they need to live a full life without any nagging aches, leaks, or weaknesses. Millie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to finally have you here. Thank you so much. I really, I love this. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I Before we even start anything, because we're going to be talking more about your birth story in this episode, we will do a future episode, God willing, where we're going to talk, you know, get more um 
into the nitty gritty of pelvic floor PT and all that stuff. But I want to ask you, did you become a physical therapist, a pelvic floor? Did you specialize in pelvic floor PT um, because of your experiences with pregnancy and everything? Happens to be, no. It's actually an interesting story how I found pelvic PT or how it found me. Um, so you have to do observation hours in undergrad to apply to graduate school. So I went to this orthopedic, uh, you know, this orthopedic outpatient place. And the first day, the first patient, I see the physical therapist that I'm shadowing, put on gloves, get some lube on her hand, and she's doing some vaginal exam. And I'm standing there and I'm a college (laughs) kid. And I'm like, wait, I'm a runner and I'm doing this because like, I'm athletic and I want to help people who are, you know, injured or like help them prevent getting injured from sport. Like, what does this have to do with physical therapy? I know. It's probably so traumatic. Like, what? (laughs) I wasn't traumatized. I was just like, this is physical therapy. Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not an OBGYN office. And um, yeah, so so I just like was aware of what it was from then. And I heard a lot of good things about the field. And when I was in physical therapy school, every time they brought up the pelvic floor, uh, which is not that many times, but you know, you do learn the basic anatomy and physiology of it. Uh, so I just thought it was super cool. And then I started looking into taking continuing education courses. Um, so while I was still in PT school, I was newly married, never really had a pelvic floor issue. I decided let's, let's like investigate this. I'll take one course and if I like it, I'll pursue it further. So I took a course. Oh, I thought it was the coolest weekend ever. It just unlocked a whole new world of physical therapy that I never knew existed. And I like being a resource to people. And this is something that's not spoken about at all. Mm-hmm. And I like to help people in ways that they didn't know that they could be helped. Or if they're in a situation where they feel helpless, like I could help guide them towards where they need to go. Yeah. So that's kind of why I chose it. Um, once I became pregnant and had my kid, I was able to appreciate it more. And now like a lot of the advice I give my patients makes so much more sense because I experienced a lot of it before. So now it has a whole new meaning, but yeah, I totally was interested in this from before. Wow. That's so cool. The public floor is really cool. And like you said, people like do not talk about it. I mean, I work in OB. Okay. We literally like, this is what we focus on pelvic floor and like, Barely anyone talks about it. I feel like anyone who gives, you break your arm, you know, you have some kind of surgery that immobilizes you, you get an automatic referral to PT. Like, why are women who are giving birth, like, what a trauma to the pelvic floor? Like, why are they not given an automatic referral to PT? It's crazy. Amen. <laughs> that. I, I, yeah. They should have, like, you know, I, I always say that a lot of OBGYN offices have a nutritionist. Not a lot, but there are ones that have a nutritionist. I always say that they should have also lactation consultants in each one because it's so great. You just have that easy access. You're already going to an OBGYN office. And now that I'm thinking about it, they should also have an in-house pelvic floor PT. Like, that's the dream team. Yeah. So in a lot of Europe, uh, after you give birth, you'll get a bedside visit from a pelvic floor PT. Mm -hmm. uh, And they'll tell you, you know, what to expect, what's normal, what to look out for, what red flags are. They'll probably teach you some basic breathing exercises, how to decrease swelling with certain pelvic exercises, you know, immediately postpartum. 
Um, and then they give you a, a certain amount of visits. I think it's about six visits, you know, that's just like part of the healthcare system. And it's insane that that's not just a universal, every single woman situation, vaginal or cesarean birth. Yeah, they they do it better than the U.S. On many fronts, they same thing with midwifery and nursing care. They get home visits and from nurses too, and they don't have to like go out to get their baby weight at the pediatrician. You know, they just have a nurse come to their house and do it. It's pretty logical. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I I think that that's vital, and I think that everyone should have that, whether you live in Europe or the U.S. So you became you specialized in PT in pelvic floor PT before you got pregnant and gave birth to your first baby right because you have one baby how old is he i have one he's nine months he's nine months okay yeah i met you like long ago when you were still pregnant on i started listening to your podcast it came out like my last trimester nice oh pretty sure well Mm -hmm. i'm i'm glad you found me and i'm glad i found you (laughs) um so how did that being a pelvic floor pt and having all the knowledge that you had luckily, because that's like a huge privilege. How did that affect Mm -hmm. your pregnancy and how you prepared and how you healed afterward? Let's just start from the beginning. Just like, tell me your experiences. Yeah. So going into pregnancy, I felt so unprepared to, you know, like, oh my God, I'm going to have a kid. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't know how to take care of a child, but I know everything about pregnancy. So let's let's roll with it right so i had a great workout regimen i was doing everything to basically prepare my body for the first trimester when i was trying to get pregnant during the first trimester i was you know pretty nauseous but i've definitely pushed myself to get in what i could just so i would feel better after um and then during my second trimester that's when your posture starts to really change you know, your center of gravity is shifted forward. So your pelvis tilts forward, your breast tissue gets heavier. So your shoulders start to round. So that could lead to some, you know, back pain, pelvic pain. The baby starts to get bigger, it weighs down on your organs and your muscles. So you need to have a strong pelvic floor to be able to withhold that force. So your breath changes, you can't take as deep of a, of a breath because the baby's in the way, pushing it into your lungs. So there's a lot of changes going on. You're also more tired generally. So I was able to target my exercise to facilitate all the changes that are happening in my body so that I would feel pretty good. And, you know, I don't know if it's because of how diligent I was, but I was the best patient ever to myself. And thank God I didn't have any pains or aches and if I ever got a random cramp or stitch I know exactly what yoga pose or stretch to get into right away you know oh this feels like round ligament pain let me get out of the chair like this and stretch like that I knew how to use proper body mechanics how to pick things up off the floor how to get in and out of bed Um, and just being equipped with that knowledge was so empowering and that's something that I'm so passionate about teaching other women about. Wow, lucky you, I gotta say. I just need to stop and just say how much I love physical therapists. I happen to find that, you know, besides for like the traditional doctors, midwives, nurses that are, and you know, doulas that are birth workers, I found that there are many physical therapists that devote themselves to this area too. Have you heard of Penny Simpkin? No. Oh, okay. So she is a physical therapist. She's old. And she's like, I don't know what you want to call her. 
but she's a legend, and especially in the dual world, but in the midwifery world too, because she's a physical therapist that literally devoted her entire career to physiology of labor and facilitating, mm-hmm. you know, f- f- facilitating normal physiological labor. Again, with all the micro movements, and like I'm so into that too because I feel like it is so underestimated in the labor world how much of the tiny little micro difference in the movements of like where we put somebody's knee, how we bend them, where we put someone's like mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, how that can uh, help with the pelvis getting, you know, making room for the baby in different ways. And I'm obsessed with it. Most people are not like my coworkers and stuff like whatever the doctors, whoever I work with, I, I think they're seeing the value more and more, especially because I make sure to rub it in their faces when I do something and it works. Um, you know, mm-hmm. well, they're all about pushing the pit, you know, push the Pitocin when, when the labor stalls or to get the labor going faster. But I'm very into right. those micro movements. Like you said, like knowing mm-hmm. what to, what to, I mean, I don't stretch, but knowing, um, you know, which position to put someone in corresponding to whatever's happening when they're labor knowing you know Mm -hmm. massage different massage techniques and all that stuff so I love PTs because of that and I just have to say I'm a massive like yogi I I love yoga I do it I'm and everything been doing it for like 10 years so I love just to hear that and I I I guess from doing yoga I also see and I there I think that the yoga instructors that are PTs also oh my gosh like they are rock stars because you literally and and you're a personal trainer so similar you literally have like all like you have the most comprehensive well-rounded body of knowledge it's a pretty good understanding a lot of the therapists that teach the continuing education that i take are yoga teachers and a lot of the exercises and poses we use in pelvic floor pt are modified or adapted from the practice of yoga, which is very cool. Because if I just say, get into child's pose, my patient already knows what to do. And then I just have to fix it to make it what I want to do. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So you were really privileged in that you had um, this huge body of knowledge to help yourself um, throughout. And I like how you said that once you know, you were probably great at what you did before you got pregnant, but once you actually got pregnant and you started to see an experience for yourself, the actual, like, I guess, discomforts and problems that can crop up, you gained a whole new appreciation for it and mm-hmm. made it that much more relevant. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Like, I'll have patients who had, let's say, ACL surgery, right? And I'm giving them all this advice. Oh, you know, you know, this is how you should move. This is how you should... This is how you should walk. This is how you should get up. This is how you use your crutches. And I don't ever feel silly giving them advice, even though I never had ACL surgery before. But pre-having kids, when I used to talk to my pelvic patients and I would give them like pushing tips or postpartum tips, I was always like, probably looking at me like, this chick doesn't have any kids, you know, if they know me. Like, how is she giving me advice on this? Because I studied it. I studied it. You don't have to have a kid to be qualified to be a pelvic PT and work with these populations. But it just made such an enormous difference after experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, listen, I'm working with the young little residents that, you know, are 22. They're not having, I mean, they're not 22, but you know, um, mm-hmm. they're not having any kids soon. And yeah, they're giving all the advice. And I have to say, like, like you said, you don't have to have had a baby in order to be really good at your job. Like I work with some nurses who never had a baby in their life and they're phenomenal. And I have to say it can go both ways because some nurses I've seen 
you know, they had like very straightforward births and or maybe they were hard or in one way or another, but they powered through and they did okay. So then when there are patients that are like, you know, having a hard time with something, these nurses can actually um, project their own personal experiences and be like, oh, she's such a, you know, wuss. She's such a, you know, um, she, she, she can't handle things. She's so weak because maybe they handled it differently, but that's not. That. So, you know, I think in the professional world in general, you have to be careful not to project your own personal experiences, right? You have to keep it, like, oh, yeah. objective. And, and yes, it can inform you in your, as all life experience can inform you in your job. But at the same time, you have to keep it not personal. And you have to realize that yeah, your Yeah, it helps you to be more compassionate with your patients. Right, exactly, yeah. I And totally veering off topic again, we have to get back, but I I actually recently asked a nurse who had a baby about a year ago, maybe less than that, six months ago. Um, you know, she was the labor and delivery nurse for like five years, straight out of school, like from 22. And then when she got pregnant with her first, I said to her, I said, you know, like, are you, do you, how, how has your perception changed? And it was very interesting to hear it was very interesting to hear when I spoke. I spoke with another nurse after that, too. I'm very interested in maybe one day we'll do like a case study interview, a, you know, a bunch of professionals in the birth world to find out what the, how their perceptions changed before and after pregnancy and having their own child, you know, when they did that. And this <laughs> nurse told me, she said, I have so much more compassion for the woman, you know. Sometimes, like, mm-hmm. they would make fun of them. Like, these women would come in and they're, you know, freaking flyers coming in every other day because they're tired of being pregnant. They're not coming in for any real major, you know, complaints. So, like, you know, sometimes I see the younger nurses a little bit roll their eyes more. And I, I think that, that, you know, these two nurses I spoke to, they really gained a whole new appreciation for it and understanding. So, yeah, it definitely can inform you and just broaden your your outlook on things. So going back to the pregnancy um, and the birth and everything, just start from the beginning. Like, tell us all the important mm-hmm. things and the entertaining things because I know yeah, that this sure. is going to be a fun story. <laughs> yeah, so oh, it's really a crazy story. So from the start of my pregnancy, I actually had a lot of anxiety. Um, it's kind of started before I got pregnant, trying to get pregnant during COVID. Um, it was kind of hard because I needed to go to the doctor and I was seeing the OBGYN who delivered me when I was born. And, um, right when COVID started, like my period started becoming super irregular and which was so strange. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ovulating. I don't know what's happening. He was like, why don't I give you a medication to push off your ovulation? And I was nervous to take it. I was like, I don't know. Uh, I never got a positive ovulation test, so how can I be certain that I'm ovulating too early? Like, I've been taking tests from before the mikvah, so it can't be that early, you know? Um, So I ended up leaving that doctor and basically waiting it out till um, the new office that I'm currently at would see me because they weren't, no one was taking new patients during the height. This was like the height. This was like April, like 2020. Um, and you know, I had to wait for them to see me until July. So here I am never getting a period. So I couldn't even like try to do anything. Um, taking ovulation tests like five times a day. Um, and I was finally diagnosed with PCOS, which was such a relief. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. I could do something for that. You know? Um, so right when I met my doctor, she said, let's get you pregnant. Great. 
six weeks later, I was pregnant. Very easy. I didn't have to do anything crazy. She just looked, took some blood work, saw what I had and said, okay, do this, this and that and you're good. Before we continue, I wanted to let you know about a revolutionary diaper brand called Diaper, D-Y-P-E-R. These eco-friendly diapers are made with viscose from bamboo, so they're soft on your baby's skin while still being extra absorbent to handle your baby's biggest accidents. Diaper wants to pass on the savings directly to you by cutting out the middleman. They ship your diapers to you for a low, predictable price with no extras or gotchas. Set your subscription and let them deliver the exact quantity you need. If you need more, they'll deliver them promptly with their exclusive SOS service. If you need less, send them back with a prepaid label. You can precisely manage your deliveries using their website or their mobile app. One of the products that I think is really cool is their Diaper Sense. It's a small sensor that you attach to your baby's diaper and it continuously monitors the temperature and humidity surrounding their skin. It will help you optimize your diaper changes, reduce overall diaper use, and may help reduce instances of skin rash due to prolonged exposure to moisture. All you do is snap it to the outside of the diaper and connect it to diapers app. It will notify you when number one or number two happens. Subscribe through the link in my show notes and you will get a free bonus diaper bag just for trying them out. You can cancel any time with no obligation, but still keep the bag. Pregnancy and birth take a huge toll on your pelvic and abdominal organs. One in every five women in the United States suffers from some form of pelvic organ prolapse. There are very few pelvic support belts for women with a prolapsed uterus, vulvar varicose veins, pubic symphysis, drop bladder, etc. that exist on the market today. The products that do exist lack in comfort and fit. That's why Braceability has made it their mission to create a supportive, effective, and comfortable pelvic brace. After months of research, development, and testing, Braceability now introduces the brand new Pelvic Pro. It's an undergarment that's created to relieve aches and pains associated with pelvic floor dysfunction through innovative compression therapy. It's designed to keep you active and on the go. The Pelvic Pro helps alleviate the feeling that everything is going to fall out of the bottom. Braceability also has a huge array of pregnancy and postpartum belly wraps to support you through pregnancy and birth, including C-section abdominal binders. Click on Braceability's link in my episode show notes and enter Happy Birthway to get an exclusive discount of 15% on your whole order. Second I peed on that stick, oh my God, was I a mess. I would cry every day. I'm going to be the worst mom. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And it was just very hard. I had a lot of inner anguish going back and forth of, you know, I only got pregnant because I took medicine. You know, I, I'm not really supposed to be pregnant. If, you know, if this was in the time of the Avot and Yimahot, I would have been one of the infertile ones. Like I just had all these crazy deep, I'm not even going to get into it, thoughts, but the, the pregnancy was very hard emotionally. Um, it was also like COVID times. So I couldn't bring my husband to um, the tw- it was a 12 week or 10 week anatomy scan. And I didn't know because they told me I could bring a support person originally. And when I got there, they didn't let him in. So I didn't even look at the monitor. I basically just cried my whole way through the exam. I'm like getting emotional now, like thinking about it. Like I was just traumatized. Like I'm by myself. I'm in this room. Like this is crazy. It is the worst. It is the yeah. worst, especially with baby number one. It's just like, I still, I can't, my heart, like today I had a patient that was in like active labor that came in and we only let 
we only let um, the support people come in like once the patient's actually admitted. And she was clearing active labor, but she wasn't officially admitted in the hospital until, you know, she got checked and we were waiting for a doctor. And she was like crying, like, what if my husband misses the birth? And I was like, I was so upset for her. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, my gosh. All of these beautiful, like, milestones that should have been just completely just happy oh, to have had to miss. Yeah, this is terrible. I didn't even look at the screen. Like, I don't even care about the kid. Like, I knew what I was having. I knew I was having a boy. Um, My husband didn't know I was having a boy. He did not want to know what we were having. So I had to keep it to myself from, like, the second I found out at, like, 8 or 10 weeks, whenever they do that NIPT test. Whoa. I just had to to keep it to myself. Uh, We did did the opposite. I mean... We didn't. We weren't the opposite. We were the opposite. I was like, let's keep it a surprise with number. And my husband's like, you can keep it a surprise. I, I'm not gonna keep it a surprise. For me, it's like, okay, if you find out, I'm gonna find out. I can't. It's not fun. So, wow, <laughs> he, he held yeah. out. He held out. I had to, every night I would beg him, honey, please, could I tell you what we're having? And he would always <laughs> say, I always say, what do you think we're having? He would say, I mean, have a boy. He would say, I have a feeling it's a boy, but a girl would be so cute. <laughs> used to say that every time (laughs) that exam was crazy meanwhile i'm seeing a therapist once or twice a week for my anxiety which was oh god sent like she was the most amazing person she got me through everything and i worked so hard from my first anatomy scan to my second one to not be anxious Mm. and i get in the room and i'm chatting the technician away oh i'm a pelvic pt i know how to read ultrasounds blah 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 talking 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 and um at the end, she looks at me and she goes, oh, I need to bring the doctor in. Having a fussy, nonstop crying baby can take all the joy out of motherhood. Is it gas? Is it constipation? Is it colic? It's hard to know, but there is a solution for all of those. Happy Tummy is a waistband that comes with an herbal pouch. When you microwave the pouch and apply the waistband to your fussy baby, your baby is instantly soothed. That's thanks to natural formulation of herbs, including flaxseed, chamomile, lemongrass, peppermint, spearmint, and lavender. Happy Tummy is all natural, no drugs or drops. And not only does it quickly soothe your baby, but it smells terrific. Happy Tummy also has adult-sized waistbands, which mothers love for cramps, stomach aches, and back aches. Use my code HAPPYBIRTHWAY for 10% off your whole order on happytummy.com. That's H-A-P-P-I-T-U-M-M-I.com. Code HAPPYBIRTHWAY for 10% off. Kiwi Co. Crates are a monthly subscription of crates that come filled with age-appropriate STEAM projects for kids, from toddlers to teenagers and even adults. STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. Every crate explores a different theme designed to spark creativity, thinking, and learning. All projects, inspiration, and activities are created by a team of product designers in-house and rigorously tested by kids. KiwiCo offers all different product lines spanning a variety of interests and age ranges. Panda Crate is for babies from 0 to 24 months. Each crate helps babies learn by doing what they do best, playing, exploring, and most importantly, interacting with the people in their lives. Crates arrive every other month and are filled with two months worth of content. So if you're trying to figure out what a developmentally appropriate way to interact with your baby is, Panda Crates will take the guesswork out. For an exclusive 30% off discount on your first month subscription, go to KiwiCo.com, that's K-I-W-I-C-O.com, and enter code LEARN30 at checkout. That's KiwiCo.com, code LEARN30 at checkout. And basically they tell me that the baby has a VSD, so that's a ventricular septal defect, basically a small hole in the heart. 
And I just, I don't remember anything after that. I remember walking out of the office, just like tears in my eyes. My husband wasn't even with me. Like I didn't even bother asking him to come into the city with me because I knew they weren't going to let him in. So my mom just waited in the car. So it was pretty traumatic that I actually scheduled an amnio on my way out because that's what they were recommending. And I scheduled an appointment with genetic counseling and it was just such a mess. And once I got myself together, I canceled the amnio. Mm -hmm. I had a meeting with genetic counseling. They said the risks of an amnio are higher than the risks of a VSD. Mm -hmm. That was like what I got out of it. Um, And I had no intention of even showing up to that appointment, but that's what they were telling me to do. So I was like too much of a mess to even you know, think or do anything. Right. Knee-jerk reaction, just whatever, robotically. Did, did you yeah. have a history of anxiety before you got pregnant? Nothing specific. I've been in therapy before, but, like, for life circumstances that were, like, legitimately stressful. <laughs> right. So it was just basically, yeah. I mean... I mean, it know. wasn't diagnosed, but I think it was probably, like, a perinatal mood disorder. Yeah. Because I was crying myself to sleep every night. I couldn't go to sleep without AirPods in my ears. Like, I needed something to distract me from my thoughts. Um, oh, it wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, kudos to you for being open and talking about it because way too many people experience things like this. And um, I love how you're just so frank about it and talking about it just like you're talking about, you know, nausea and pregnancy and all that stuff. Yeah, it's fine. I think a lot of people go through it and they just don't talk about it. But oh, if yeah. they hear me talk about it, they'll just know that, you know, it's okay. Like, it's really not easy, and you should know that, you know, there's other people going through this. Many other people going through this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I, I just, my heart, even, for you, I just, I can't. And once again, going back to not having anyone with you, you know, unfortunately, I've experienced way too many situations where patients got bad news in the hospital without anyone with them, too. And it's just absolutely devastating. It's horrible. Yeah. They sent me to the most amazing pediatric cardiologist. So I was like changing my work schedule around so much to go. And he was incredible. He wasn't an alarmist. He was super chill. Thank God. Um, by the time I was 32 weeks pregnant, they told me the hole had closed. Yay. Um, in hindsight, in hindsight, and I spoke to the pediatrician in the hospital I gave birth in right after. And he said um, that... I got my anatomy scan early, so the baby's heart wasn't even done forming yet. So, of course, they saw a hole. And, mm. you know. I'm so happy that that things resolved during the pregnancy. And I, mm-hmm. I'm happy yeah, that you really had the support. Really, thank God. I'm so grateful. And I'm so happy you had the support of a good pediatric cardiologist that, to prepare in case that you would have needed extra medical support when you had your baby. So, um, yeah. Do you regret finding out? Like, do you regret after everything? Or are you... Finding out what? Meaning to say, I guess there was just so much talk on Instagram about prenatal screenings and everything like that, you know? Oh, so, okay, basically, let me... I missed one detail. They found an ovarian cyst at my 12-week checkup. But that, for some reason, like, didn't really freak me out. I was like, the baby's fine. I just have a cyst. Um, and they told me, don't worry, it'll go away on its own. Um... So I think that's why I had to get that screening early. Like, that's what they recommended. And I didn't see. And this is something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about knowing, you know, your rights and what's medically necessary versus what's not. 
And I didn't even know to ask, like, do I need to get this anatomy scan at 16 weeks? Like, I didn't even know that was a question I could ask. I'm so happy I learned that now because I could, you know, tell people that every time a doctor wants to do an intervention, you have to know that you could ask, why are you doing this? What are the pros and cons? What are the risks? What are the benefits? Don't just let them do things to you. I eat, sleep and drink this. Yeah. And breathe it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, now I know uh, that I don't have to do every single test they want. I mean, I, I, I'm the type that I like to err on the side of, of caution, but to a degree, to a degree. Um, next time I would wait to do that till 20 weeks, even though they yeah. found that cyst. Fast forward to my second trimester. I was about 24 weeks pregnant. I was working out in the gym like a beast. I was like lifting. I was like doing everything. One day I came home. And I just like couldn't like the end of my workout. I was lifting weights, squatting. I was doing everything, lunges, deadlifting. I was great. The last part of my workout, I was walking on the treadmill on an incline just to like get the rest of my energy out. And uh, I started getting like a cramp, and I was like, "Ooh, this doesn't feel good." I ended up going home. I went to work after. I had like this weird stomach ache all day. I was like, I think I drank like bad water. Like I don't know what this is. I ended up leaving my office that day, like hunched over. Like I literally couldn't walk. I called my mom and my husband, hysterical crying. Like, I, I think I'm in labor. Like, I don't, I don't even know what this is. Like, I'm in so much pain right now. Um, called my doctor crying. Like, I, I'm a baby with pain. I have no pain tolerance, but. Um, you are or you're not? Sorry, I didn't hear you. I, I have no pain tolerance. Like, I, I, can't I actually beg to defer because I think that anyone that is, that works out so much can tolerate pain. So maybe it's a different kind of pain, but you really yeah. do. I find that you have endurance. I definitely have endurance. I'm a marathon runner. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Cause but acute, acute, sharp pain no, I know, that's like I not know. going away. I don't know. <laughs> so I thought I was in preterm labor. I'm just uh, giving you more credit. Right I'm just giving you more credit yeah. than you know, you're giving <laughs> Thank yourself. You. Thank you. <laughs> so the pain must have been really terrible. Yeah. It was, it was really like, it was unbearable. It was unbearable. Um, I got to the hospital. I went to labor and delivery. Like that was scary. That was yeah. traumatic. Yeah. My doctor to say on the phone, Oh, come to labor and delivery. I'm like, Shit. yeah. For the first <laughs> baby. It's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, I'm 25 weeks. Like I'm not having yeah. this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, turned out my darling son who I love so much was sitting on my ovarian cyst. Mm-hmm. He was sitting on it, and it was kind of like occluding the blood it's probably flow. Probably comfortable, you know. It's like cushy, maybe. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, it was a, it was actually a dermoid cyst. When I eventually got it removed at three months postpartum, there was hair, teeth, and nails inside of that Ooh. cyst. So maybe it was like a long lost twin of his, you know. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not comfortable. It's like stem cells that don't know where to go. Yeah, and they like differentiate somewhere in your abdomen. Mine happened he to. Thought a maybe there was a ovary. friend in there for him, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, just like pegmentum system yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh so okay so um he was sitting on your cyst oh my gosh ouch so how'd you yeah. get him off did you do a headstand so while i was in the hospital um you know my doctor from my the practice i'm at came to see me and she was lovely enough to give me morphine um mm. i guess in a safe dose and i need like i like i was i shouldn't i don't i don't even remember if they told me we're giving you a morphine that's how out of it i was I think maybe if it was someone else, they would have been really upset. I, I was just so happy to be out of pain. Like, I couldn't even sleep. No, why would they be upset? I couldn't morphine, move. Is, morphine is fine in, in, in small doses, uh, you know, intermittent, occasional, uh, yeah. you know, not as a, that that's fine. We give fentanyl, we give morphine when needed. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was fantastic, the morphine. I was there. They did a bunch of scans, and he he just, like, moved off, and, like, I was fine. So I just, like, went home the next day. I stayed by my aunt and uncle's apartment right next to the hospital just for Shabbat so I could be nearby just in case anything happened. Near the I morphine. just wanted out of there. Near the morphine. Yeah, I just wanted to be <laughs> near the drugs. I just wanted to be out of there. So... So the rest of my pregnancy was, I guess, the next, because I gave birth 39 weeks. So, like, the last 38. No, it was 38 weeks I gave birth. Oh, I hate you. So, 13. I gave birth after weeks. 41 weeks to mine. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so 13 weeks later, I'm in the same hospital. So funny. Same hospital. Uh, you know, I already know where triage is. I already know the situation. So I You're felt pro. like, um, I'm like a superstar here. It's not my first time at the rodeo. Thanks for tuning into the Happy Birthway Podcast. Head over to Your Wedded Academy on Instagram to continue the conversation. You'll find the link in the episode show notes, as well as links to any additional resources, products, and services mentioned here. If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement, and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience.